Welcome. Welcome to the Illumination Series, our very first shout in this series. Hope that you're ready for this most beautiful, beautiful experience. As you know, Jeff is getting ready to channel. And welcome, everyone. Now it's time for us to be ready. So with that, let's start with that deep and conscious breath, that breath of presence. Breathing, the I am here, I exist. I am that I am. Feel that, flow with that. You know, we breathe and move throughout everyday life, but this is a special moment when you really truly honor yourself. Breathing in, flowing with the energies, feeling into all of you. Let those energies flow into the heart of you. Breathe in and feel the energies that Jeff is ready to channel. It's there for us, each of us. Breathe it in. Allow it. Take that good deep breath. Feel as we get ready for this illumination. I am that I am. Adamus of St. Germain. Uh, I'm going to take a moment before um, I open Calder's eyes. Just take a moment to I want to feel you without, uh, without the benefit of the human eyes going. I'm going to feel my environment right here, sitting here in Kona. <laughs> Fresh air. <laughs> what a thing. And feel each and every one of you for what you're doing on the planet for staying here and then assuring you that uh, there are angels rejoicing, oh, truly are angels rejoicing. It's been a long and difficult journey in this lifetime, especially difficult, challenging, but I guess you're Chambro, you wouldn't have it any other way. You wouldn't take the easy way as some of us suggested. You, it's not that you took the, the, the worst way, you just took a way that uh, well, it was challenging. It was like working your way through a, a giant uh, emotional, mental, physical puzzle. Uh, and here we are. Here we are. And truly, there are angels rejoicing for the work you've done. Specifically, me, Tobias, Kuthumi, uh, many, many others, but those are the ones that are really standing by you been with you the whole time. I haven't abandoned you. Once in a while we oh have those moments where we see what you're doing. We have the, or the head smack moments, but we've been there with you. We, we can't tell you what to do. We can't even tell you what the future is exactly going to look like, but we can be there standing by you, shining our light to each and every one of you. You know, you'd feel a lot different if that light wasn't there. If we, if we were off playing poker at the Ascended Masters Club all the time, or off into other parts of creation, or just being in our sovereign beingness and loving it, but we have a commitment to you to stand by you. I said it in our our very first shout when I came in back in what September 2009. I said I'm with you every step of the way, whether you like it or not. We're standing by you, shining our light. Sometimes you wonder, well, I, I don't hear Adamus uh, in my private uh, time or Tobias Kathumi or any of them. 
It's because we're generally not doing a lot of talking. We're just being there in light. And that light has so much more in it than all the words we could say. You know, words are, are wonderful on an everyday human interaction basis, but when you go into the higher consciousness levels, it's not about words. <clears throat> it's simply about letting your light shine, illuminating your light, and we are there for you. I imagine for a moment if suddenly we decided, ah, we're tired of Chambra. We thought it once in a while, but we, and, and we just retreated. We left. Feel that for a moment. What would it be like if you didn't have literally legions of angelic beings and those of us who were human beings and those of us who ascended from the planet standing by you, letting our light shine? I know there are times you feel lonely that nobody's there, but just imagine for a moment that we withdrew our light. What would that feel like? A few of you are saying it feel really good because then you wouldn't be there bugging us all the time, but I would feel very, very lonely. You would feel perhaps there was not an acknowledgement for your journey. There wasn't the compassion and comfort that, that is there when we're there. So I just want to remind each and every one of you that we are standing by you. We're not there to map out what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to react. Uh, that's up to you. That's, that's totally up to you. We're just there illuminating. And that's why we call this the Illumination Series. A lot of names that we could have had, but I think right now it all boils down to a few simple things, and it's illumination. And we've talked about it for a long time, the Park Bench Series. We've talked about letting your light shine. We had the recent Light of the Merlin event. It's, it's all about letting that light shine. That is the reason why you're here. It's two simple things. We could go into the Morab right away, just because there's two very simple things. You are here to illuminate, to let your light shine, just as we are here for you, standing by you, letting our light shine. You are here to bring this light to the planet. You could look at it poetically. You're bringing um, comfort and compassion. You're bringing solace. You're bringing humor. You're bringing something to fill the darkness. You could look at it from the metaphysics of it. Uh, there is the need for more consciousness or the time of more consciousness on the planet. As AI, as technology, zooms ahead faster than what any of us had imagined. You could look at it from that practical standpoint. There needs to be something to balance uh, all of that um, human energy and mindset that's being put into artificial intelligence. It's going so fast right now that without the proper level of consciousness, it could, well, it could be like a wildfire that just sweeps across the planet and instead of building humanity and a new human species, it would destroy everything. Because there's still a lot of greed on the planet. There's still a lot of unconsciousness on the planet. There's still a lot who, many who don't understand that things like their energy uh, is inherent within them. They don't need to steal it from anywhere else, from anyone else. There are a lot on the planet right now who still feel the need to battle. 
to battle for things. And the basic battle on this planet is light against dark. Uh, and then it goes into other things. It takes morphs and other forms, and it's like the haves and the have-nots, but it's essentially light against dark. With your consciousness here, particularly at this time of machines, it tends to uh, raise everything up to a new level. Sometimes that is a little disruptive as we get into those new levels. Things uh, shake apart, fall apart, and it's not always pretty, and people do get hurt or even killed in it. But it is this very important time right now that you're here. Two reasons to illuminate. That's it. And without taking sides, no agenda. We don't have an agenda when working with you when standing beside you, other than to be there uh, to, to show you that it can be done. It's ultimately up to you which path you take. Do you, want a, do you want an unhappy life? Do you want a life filled with lack and emotional pain? It's totally up to you, and we will honor that. Or do you want a life of joy and abundance and ease? And some of you, you know, right away you're like, that's what I want. But funny thing is when it comes choosing time, oftentimes you take the hard path. You say, well, I'll just, I'll just take a little harder path to really know I did a good job. No pain, no gain. No, uh, no moan, no growth. Uh, so you take that harder path and, oh, that's when we just like, it's like if you could imagine we're kind of like the, in the critic's corner. Uh, over taking a look at things that you're doing, and it's like, oh no, not not that, not that again, not the hard way. But I, I think you're learning. I think you're coming to understand that you're tired of that. It doesn't have to be done that way. You're here in the planet for a very simple reason: to shine your light. You've been in battles and causes for so many lifetimes. You are ones who really help start the churches, um, good news or bad, whatever that happens to be. But now you come here simply to shine light, to be here for humanity at this epic, epic time. And that's why we called it the Illumination Series. Yes. Perfect. You're here for another reason, equally important. And that reason is simply to enjoy your life. Enjoy it. You've gone through all the misery and the heartache. You've taken on things that aren't yours. I've talked about it a million times, and I have a few million more to go before you might finally get it. But you are here at this time to enjoy your life, to be in your own grace, to receive, not to have to work at everything, not to have life a struggle, not to get up in the morning and go, oh, another day, to let your energies serve you, to let the energies, and they do it by themselves, to organize into a flow that serves you. Some of you are still having a difficult time with that. I'm, I'm going to have to, not today, but another day, I have to slap you up a few times to get you to realize that you don't need to do it. You can have that life of joy right now. Absolutely. So two things. You're here for the illumination. And you've got buddies, you've got us there with you, and other Chambra, and you're here for joy in your life. A joy in your life mean, maybe means making some changes or allowing changes to happen, to come to you, that the human might uh, fear or might worry about, and you tend to want to stay in the old place and uh, not make any changes. But 
you have to assume that everything that happens right now, everything, is all about these two things, illumination and living a life in joy. That's it. It's that simple. I mean, we really don't need to say too much more, but Calder is telling me I have an hour to fill. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll say a few more words. It's called the Illumination Series. I'm going to ask the production desk if they could play the, that intro video one more time. Thank you. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and Calder's telling me that was AI generated, but big deal. I mean, you know, to work with AI, there has to be the consciousness factor, consciousness component that fits in. Uh, Calder wrote about it in his recent article. Uh, it, it doesn't do it by itself. It might at some point, but right now it doesn't do it by itself. There has to be a human present. And that human is maybe typing things in prompts uh, into the into the software program that then gets the software to go out and find the appropriate elements and bring them back uh, combining them or compositing them but it still takes that but while that's happening uh, there is a light shining and that light is illuminating from the person putting in the prompts Therefore, what you're getting back goes beyond just a pure, uh, the, the pure digits. In other words, uh, it's not just um, the, the AI going out and looking at certain elements. It is being guided or it is being enlightened by that human that's sitting there putting in the prompts. The more enlightened the human, the more they illuminate. In other words, allow themselves to open up the bigger difference you're going to see in working with AI, the more depth you're going to see in it. You could do a test, uh, and I hope some of you uh, even try this at some point, uh, working with AI, let's say a software program for graphics or video. Uh, you have five people uh, all working on it independently, putting in the exact same prompts and seeing the, the outcome. The person with, uh, and I don't mean to be judgmental, but I'm just being aware, person with the least amount of consciousness, that's the most closed down, that has the lowest light emanation factor coming from them, will have a very, very different outcome than the person with the highest level of consciousness and illumination. So you're going to see a big difference, and, and you can study this. Uh, you can study it with 100 participants. Uh, the question is, the biggest uh, factor is, how do you determine uh, the level of somebody's light, uh, how much they're illuminating? And that's, uh, it's, you can't quantify that. You can only sense it. So that's going to be kind of the hidden factor in it. But the fact is that you'll be able to see the difference. You're here to illuminate, to shine. And when you do, you're also shining on your own life. You're not like skipping over your, your own life and then 
passing this on to the rest of humanity so they can see their potentials, you're actually illuminating yourself first. It has to go through you. It has to, this light opens up you. It opens up your mind. It opens up your biology. It opens up your spirit, your creativity, uh, your potentials. It comes from you, goes through you into every system that you're uh, comprised of, and then it goes out to humanity. So, in a way, you're also doing it for yourself. Now, in coming up with the um, name, the information for this series, and in, I hope you like the, uh, the graphics, Calder put them together. I absolutely love it. With me standing by him as he did to oh, make sure he of course it got it right. The yes. first few drafts he put together were uh, not quite to my liking, but uh, oh. we, we worked together. As it's I so nice that he's willing. Stood over his shoulder. Yes. And, well, there were, he had a tendency in putting together the, the main graphic. Maybe we could show that on the screen. Uh, to make it too complex, uh, throwing all, all these elements in there and there's all this other stuff. And it's like, right now it's about coming back to simplicity uh, and design, energy design, whether it's uh, creating a graphic like this or whether it's just in your own life. Coming back to a place of simplicity. You don't need to clutter it up. It doesn't make it better uh, to have a lot of clutter in there. Then you have colliding, competing elements of of energy and energy design. Start with core simplicity. And when you do, when you start with the simplest of energy designs in your life, I mean the really simple ones in your life, put that out into manifestation, into reality. Then if it needs anything else, if it needs a little balance over here, a little bit different energy there, if it needs some like accoutrements uh, or, or embellishments here and there, they'll find it, their way into it. But start out with the very, very basic, simple energy designs in everything in your life, with your body. Oh, some of you, oh, you get so complex about your body. Uh, and then you have to add this and add that, and you have the certain diets and supplements and everything else. Keep it really simple. Keep that palette very, very simple. Then, if something else is needed, your own consciousness will call it into being uh, in, in different ways, uh, of course. Sometimes you just realize, oh, that needs uh, another element over here. But start with the simplicity. So, we have a very simple icon for our illumination series. Very, very simple. And it's basically uh, an element I've been talking about in Kihak. Very simple, ancient element. Uh, but that's also gotten kind of confused and misunderstood. It's what's called the Hamsa. And it can be spelled K-H-A-M-S-A or just H-A-M-S-A. Hamsa or Hamsa, and it's like this. It's the uh, it's the hand, and oftentimes it's depicted with the the seeing eye symbol. And over a course of time, people have put other symbols in and kind of junked it up. But uh, it's basically the hand with the seeing eye. It's kind of misunderstood right now. It's an ancient symbol. It goes back to old old Egypt, and it actually, if you really trace it back, the origins of it are even before the Egyptian civilization 
not too long after the Atlanteans started coming back up to the surface of the Earth. It's misinterpreted right now as being uh, something, a symbol to ward off evil. Not at all. Not at all. First of all, you don't ward off evil. Uh, now suddenly you've created a, a duality. You've created a conflict. You know, I have to ward off evil. You're giving evil, darkness, whatever you want to call it, credence. You're feeding it with if you have to ward it off like that. Uh, some say that it's, um, it's a symbol of prosperity and, uh, and abundance. Uh, to a large degree it is. But ultimately, if you go back to the very origins of the Hamsa, all it means is that you are allowing yourself to be in the flow of life, your life. It means you've accepted the divinity, that uh, the seeing eye in the center. You've allowed the flow of grace into your life. You no longer have to take that lower path of human life and consciousness where you're constantly battling, constantly having to make decisions. And uh, for every decision a human makes, there's always the potential, there's always the judgment, potential or not. Was I right or was I wrong? So it's that criticism that one is constantly hearing from their mind uh, with the Hamsa symbol. It simply means you are in your divine flow, human, divine, together. That's why we chose it. I chose it for this series, and we've been talking about it in Kihak. We'll do a Marab in just a, a bit uh, with the Hamsa because there are many other implications of it. But right now, just take a moment and put your own hand out. It's that symbol that simply means you're in divine flow, your divine flow. You've accepted your divine nature, your light into your being. You realize that there are these things of time and space, really, they're interesting, but they're somewhat untrue. You can play in it, but you can also play outside of it. And with the Hamsa, you realize that you are a divine being. You're a damn master. You are a, not a damn master, but damn it, you're a master. You don't have to battle and struggle with things anymore. You just allow, and you're in that flow, and you realize you don't even have to make human decisions, not on the level like you did before. Sure, a decision if you want to sleep late or not, but even at a certain point, you override all that. You're, you don't have to think, should I get up at 6.30 or 7 in the morning? You're beyond that. There's just a flow. You get up when you get up. You don't have to make a decision, should I eat a healthy breakfast or should I eat that donut? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And suddenly you transcend even those small decisions. Uh, what to wear uh, that particular day. Should you wear something lighter color, darker color, something more formal, informal? That evaporates. It just goes away. And I know it's hard to imagine right now because your life has been full of those things. You're having to take care of every little part of your life, of yourself, but it starts to go away. You don't have to worry about it. It's just ordered there for you. You could say by your divinity, your spirit, whatever it is. There's a knowingness that's already there before you even get there. 
It's already set out. It's like, not literally, but figuratively, the clothes are already sitting on the bed. And you walk in and, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to wear today. It's your own divinity. It's your own energy alignment, your own energy designs doing that for you. That's kind of what the hamsa, and I kind of, it is what the hamsa signifies. Go ahead and do that again. Hand up, three fingers together. And it simply signifies that I am a true master on this planet. I don't have to play the old games anymore. I don't have to wonder when my true divine nature is standing by me. It's always there. I'm acknowledging it with, with that hamsa. It's what it originally meant. It's been kind of distorted and perverted along the way. Uh, the, the whole evil, warding off evil, uh, just really irks me because it's not what it's about. It's not like, whoa, get out of here, evil. It's not like, bad evil, stay away. This, the hamsa, is acceptance. Acceptance. I am an embodied master. I allow my divinity, my consciousness, my light. That's it. Then you go about your everyday, whatever you're doing, whatever it happens to be doing, and pretty soon you start noticing this flow that's just occurring all the time. You notice there's a flow in your abundance. You know, right now, some of you, you worry about your abundance. How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to afford something that I kind of need or, or even want? How am I going to manage, you know, house payments and car payments and everything else? You get into that mode, that very human mode, and your energy will give you that right back. It's okay, they want to play the game. They want to wonder and worry. Uh, it, it's, it's something that the energy that us, they'll go, oh, here they go. You don't have to play that game. It's a big leap, yes. It's a huge leap from the way you've been doing things to go to this, and it's kind of scary. You say, well, I, that's, that's really you know, letting go. That's putting absolute trust that it's just going to work out. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I don't know if I'm worthy of that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's one of those moments you have to just say, no more, no more, and boom, the hamsa goes up. It's, it's spirit in motion. It's living together uh, as the master, as the human, as the soul, all together. That's the original meaning of hamsa. That's why I chose it, carefully chose it for this series, the Illumination series. You illuminating to yourself and then letting it go to the planet. Now, what's interesting to note is that uh, Hamsa is also associated with the Middle East. A lot with the Middle East, even though it emanated, well, it emanated from Egypt, but even before then and into other places. But right now it's closely associated with the Middle East. Both the, uh, the, the, the Muslims, the Arabs, the Israelis, the Jews, use that for a sign. That's a sacred and holy sign. And isn't that interesting that here we are on this shout on, what is this, um, I have a tough time with the calendar, October 7th, I believe, um, 
20 something, 2023. Um, to me, it's not really relevant, so I don't pay a lot of attention to it. But here we are on this day, and the new war has started uh, in, in Israel. Now, I'm going to say a few words about it. I want you to understand very, very carefully here. There are no picking sides. It's not what we're here for. Yes, be aware what's going on. Um, you know, whether you read the news or uh, wherever you get your information, obviously there's violence. Obviously, a lot of bombs, a lot of a lot of killing, a lot of uh, fear that's taking place right now. It's not for us to take sides. We, the angelic beings, we don't organize in the Ascended Masters Club and say, okay. All those in favor of Israel over here, all those in favor of Palestine over here. It's not like that. There's a much bigger picture. Neither side is right, neither side is wrong. The only thing that's happening right now, feel into it for a moment. What's happening right now is a, a huge change. A change of history, because this is all based on a long and suffering history on this planet and before. The issues that you're seeing in the news right now go much, much further back than uh, 2,000 years ago or 1948 when Israel was made a, an official state. It goes far, far beyond that. And what you're seeing right now in uh, this land of the Mid Middle East I just started the other day is what I'm going to call probably the second to the last battle or war in the Middle East. Might even be the last one, but I'm going to roughly, loosely predict it's the second to the last battle that's taking place. Here we are about six and a half months into Heaven's Cross. You've all been waiting for something to happen. Well, it's happening. The depths of this conflict go so far back, back prior to Earth, back into the ancient, ancient angelic families. When the soul beings, the angelic beings, were first grouping together, uh, there wasn't a family lineage, there wasn't uh, uh, history, uh, but they, they found groups, 144,000 angelic families formed, some very large, some not so large. And there was one called Hapuru, H-A-P-I-R-U, Hapuru. Both the Palestinians and, and the Israelis come from Hapuru, come from this same angelic family, and they have been fighting about as long as we can, any of us can remember. It's a family fight, brother against brother, sister against sister. It goes way, way back. And the origins of it, the reason for the very fight was in this group of Hapuru, uh, there was uh, basically a desire for acknowledgement by some of the original members of the family. Some felt that they had more to offer in terms of leadership for that angelic group. Some of them came there with uh, agendas uh, for that group. They wanted that group to be the preeminent, kind of the um, 
elite of all the angelic families. That basic consciousness stuck with Hapuru for a long, long time and, it, and is actually still present. But within that, within that desire to be elite, to be the leaders, there were ones who wanted to be the leaders of the leaders. And the clashes started there. One of the original power clashes in all of creation was right there. And again, don't think in terms of original Hopuru being either uh, Jewish uh, or Muslim, uh, whether Palestinian or Israeli. That didn't exist back then. It was simply grand angelic beings, kind of, uh, you could say, in a way, lost in their own light or lack of light, and starting to fight, starting to want acknowledgement, wanting acknowledgement from other members of the spiritual family. This created factions within Hapuru. But it's interesting to note, even while it created factions, in a way it strengthened Hapuru even more than ever. Because any time an outside, another angelic family would try to intervene to do anything, uh, suddenly these two forces, or, or multiple forces within Hapuru, would gather back together again and fight that other angelic family. And this has been going on forever. It is one of the Kaldra is wanting to stop me or I'm, I'm going to have to take him out completely if he keeps doing this. What I'm saying, Kaldra, uh, it is very clear and true. So these – hang on a second, I've got to go slap him up a little bit. Um, he's got too much agenda in this. Okay. So with this angelic family of Hapuru, with all the fights that are going on within it, it was really almost the origins of original power struggle and battle. And even though they were fighting amongst themselves, it caused them to get uh, stronger, more determined in what they were doing. The internal battles were one for acknowledgement or power, ones uh, that were, would help determine which way the family of Hapuru went at some point. And I know some of this sounds very human-like, uh, but these very qualities that you now have as humans, you didn't just invent all these right on the planet here. So many of these came from the angelic realms. And you could say that Hapuru was one of the main reasons, this angelic family was one of the main reasons that everything started slowing down in all of creation. Even outside of the physical realms, things started slowing down. Don't think in terms of time and space, but think in terms of uh, experiences. Uh, think in terms of uh, sequences that you go through in discovery. This started to slow down because of this dynamic, uh, almost a, a gravity coming from Hapuru. A and they started taking on other angelic families. Not battling with guns and knives, because they didn't have that, but battling en with energy. Trying to steal energy, to take energy. And while all this infighting was going on, it was actually fueling them then to take, try to take it from others. And great battles, energy battles, erupted across all of non-physical creation. Non-physical simply wasn't there at the time. This very element slowed down 
everything in all of creation to the point where it raised great concerns with all the other angelic families. They realized that energy wasn't flowing, moving in its natural way anymore. Now it got bumpy, it got stuck. It started almost uh, trying to cannibalize itself, to, to, uh, to fight itself, just as Hapuru was fighting itself. This continued for a long time until finally there was the gathering of the angelic families, the Order of the Ark, that finally said, we have to find a resolution for this. And all the spiritual families agreed, with the exception of one, Hapuru. They didn't want to have this uh, kind of a resolution. It was like the original United Nations, but this is the angelic families gathering together. They realized something had to be done. Otherwise, if the natural flow of energy, uh, it's a natural movement, not across time and space, but uh, uh, through experience and evolution. Evolution doesn't have to have time and space. If this all slowed down, and if it came to a stop, if light stopped moving, then there was a concern that everything would collapse. Everything would go out of existence. Now, that's simply not possible for everything to go out of existence, but it could appear to collapse, uh, to implode on itself. And that's why the angelic families agreed and created this place called Earth and came here. Hapuru had a huge influence in Atlantis in the end days. They were generally the ones, and now don't think just in terms right now of Israel and Palestine or Muslims and Jews. It's not about that. It's about a bigger picture. They were generally the ones who still uh, controlled things like technology and wealth and physical flow on the planet. They were the leaders uh, of Atlantis, at least in the later days. They're the ones who reserved for technology for themselves. It was found ways of carefully attuning the crystals of the planet to increase the longevity of, of one's life, uh, to make one physically not appear to be aging, to heal uh, physical wounds, uh, everything from even uh, an arm that was severed, uh, to regrow that arm. But a lot of this was reserved for just the elite. It was Hapuru. When the religions of this planet formed roughly 5,000 years ago, they didn't used to be religions or even really an understanding of God, but when the religions started to form, it was Hapuru who came into those religions right away. Not necessarily to take them over, but to I guess you could say, take their rightful place. There's this very region right now of the Middle East, of, of Israel, of Jerusalem, that became the epicenter, ground zero for your modern religions right now, Christianity, and also uh, the Islam, the Muslim faith, and Judaism. Now, there are other religions all, uh, headquartered in other parts of the world, but if you feel into the energies, ground zero is the Jerusalem area. Some of you have been there. You, you know of what I speak. And, and it's not a pretty sight. 
I mean, it's visually, it's, it's interesting and beautiful, but energetically, it's a battle zone. Even if nobody's fighting, even if they're all just sitting on their chairs, especially observing everybody else, taking notes and reporting back to uh, the leaders, it's a mess. It's a mess. It cannot continue on the way it's been. Not in this new light. It cannot. It cannot continue now with the opening of Heaven's Cross. We've talked about it in the months uh, in the past, saying the light, uh, the light is shining too brightly on the planet right now. These old stuck energies, the energies of power, and when I use the word darkness, I don't mean it is a negative thing, but the stuck energies, the old energies, the, uh, the, the energies that aren't evolving simply will have to go. They, they will have to go. There's not room on the planet. And when you take into consideration that this is the epicenter of what is supposed to be light on the planet, the epicenter of God in human form on this planet, and it's right there, and these wars are taking place. And again, it's not about taking sides. It's about understanding history and about understanding where we go next. The tensions have been building for a long time. You know, this isn't the first war or the second, or, you know, this has been taking place for a long time. And what's really happening at the core of things is it's Hapuru fighting Hapuru. It's like Abel and Cain uh, in a lot of ways in the biblical story, somewhat uh, over embellished, but uh, what is it? Uh, Cain kills Abel out of jealousy. Wanting the respect of God and feeling that uh, God uh, insulted him. Wanting the acknowledgement that he is the power, not his brother. So you have two brothers fighting. One gets killed. That's, in a sense, the story of Hapuru, but nobody ever dies. They just keep killing each other, if you know what I mean. That's what's going on on the planet with this situation right now. That's why. I want you to clearly understand it's two things. You're here to illuminate your light and enjoy your life. And as you illuminate your light, it is going to bring up to the surface things like the war that's taking place right now in the Middle East. And you say, well, then I shouldn't shine my light. Uh, I should turn it down because it's like, no, you're not making the war. All you're doing is shining a light for resolution out of a problem that's been on this earth for so very long and a long time before this planet. It's brother against brother right now in this region. It's not like, uh, it's not like uh, two different, completely different races fighting each other. It's the same family. This had to come to the surface, and it could be much worse. Fortunately, the increased level of light on the planet is going to create a resolution that occurs much faster, and a real solution, not just, uh, not just uh, having um, a ceasefire right now, because you know exactly what's going to happen. If there's a ceasefire a year later, it's going to pop up, or two years later again. Right now is this time on the planet for there to be a definitive end to this. There are enough of you, even, 
who come from this family of Hapuru, who are still living in that region in the Middle East, now to shine your light. It's not about whether you're Jewish or Muslim or anything like that. It's not about taking sides. And eventually, neither side can win, not according to their goals, to what they're trying to accomplish. They can't. But what can happen is there can be an awareness of why they've been fighting, a, fa- a family fight. And you know, those are the worst, family fights. Uh, many of you have seen it uh, with, within your own family, vicious fighting or within your spouse or partner's family, and they're the worst. And then you know what happens. The family is fighting and at battle with each other, but an outside force comes in, whether it's the police, whether it's uh, uh, social services, whether it's friends or others, and they'll all temporarily turn on that outside force so that they can get back to their internal fighting. Uh, No more on this planet. No more. It simply can't exist. The word, <laughs> the word, the light, the energy has gone out very clearly to Hapuro from all those uh, ascended masters, all of us. We have, we're not directing our light, but we are making sure that our light is noticed by those who are perpetuating this fighting, who are holding God hostage holding God hostage in this land of the Middle East, not letting the whole concept of God, religion, what is sacred and what is holy, evolve. So in a way, it's not just about Hapuru. It's about all the religions. They're all kind of sucked into this vacuum in Jerusalem, and they're all caught in this. The light is needed right now, not to hopefully one side will win over the other, and not even for a ceasefire, because a ceasefire is just procrastinating, procrastinating or delaying an issue. Right now is about the time for real resolution. I ask you to look at yourself. I ask you to look at, I'm going to say, the hapuru within you, not necessarily that you come from that angelic family, but your own family of your human self, your past lives, everything else. Look inside at the battling that's taken place, what you've had to endure from your aspects. The battling, the fighting that's gone back and forth, and has it made for a better you? Not really. It's destroyed your bodies in a lot of ways. It's caused you incredible mental suffering and trauma. And you feel into that that whole issue, the battles within the self, the battles for light and dark, the battleship, uh, the battles for even leadership in within yourself, leadership within you. Who's who's going to win? Which aspect? Uh, uh, how do you even know it's you? You ask yourself. When I know you know. How does that resolution come about? More fighting? No. Running from it, pretending that it doesn't happen, asking everybody just to you know put their arms down, stop battling for a bit, have a, uh, a period of cooling off. You know what happens when you do that? You ask all these crazy parts of yourself to settle down for just a little bit uh, because you're you're so exhausted. And they do. What are they doing though when they settle down? They're 
rearming. They're they're getting re-energized, ready for the next battle. So that doesn't work so well. What works? What brings that resolution? What causes these ancient battles within yourself to cease? Feel into that for a moment. Come back to that in just a minute, but really feel into it for a moment. It's not fighting it. It's not trying to counsel all these things. It's not trying to do therapies and trying to feed yourself nice words. Realize none of those really work, do they? They're temporary, but then the battles come back again, just like what we have taking place in the Middle East. I say this is probably the second to the last big war in that region. Maybe the last. Depends what happens in the next four to five days in particular. I say that it's the last because there's going to be too much light on the planet. Too much light for, for that to continue on. Something has got to shift right now. Now, shifting is a, well, it's a tricky business. <laughs> Shifting could mean uh, catastrophic bombing of some sort, a uh, nuclear bomb. Shifting could mean a huge loss of lives. Shifting could mean something where this goes beyond just the fighting in the Middle East and it breaks out on a worldwide basis. But those things don't need to occur. A lot of other, there's a lot of other ways shift can occur. When one, when you are able to see a higher potential to end the conflicts in your own life, a better way rather than the old tricks that you've been using all the way along. When you're able, when the light shines and you're able to see there's another way to do this without the conflict, without the suffering, without the, without the, the, the destruction, you'll generally take that way. And it's the same way right now with what's happening in the Middle East. It was inevitable. Uh, it's not a surprise that this is taking place. There is so much pressure and tension that is building up that goes all the way back to the angelic families. With the illumination from conscious beings on the planet right now, with that light coming in, this could be the end of the conflict in the Middle East, of taking God hostage, uh, in, uh, emanating from the Middle East and from the religions that sprang from there. It could be the end of the Hapuru battle, brother on brother, and finally some type of resolution. That's why this is the Illumination Series. It's simply a matter of you allowing your light to shine. It's, it's a matter of Acknowledging this divine flow through you. No more excuses. No more wondering when it's going to happen. No more delaying and procrastination. It's the time you either do it or don't. Either move on with me and the rest of Chambra or get out. It's the time to take that big leap and to allow that flow. Now, some of you are saying, but I allow it. No, you don't. No, you want something outside of yourself to create it. 
you want you want um, it to be done for you. I cannot make you allow and receive. You have to do that. From after that, after you allow and receive, then there's a natural flow that takes place, and it comes from the grace of your soul, not from me. So there's still a resistance. There's still a doubt and a questioning, and you take certain comfort and pleasure in that, playing the game of, uh, I'm almost there, but not quite. We don't have that luxury anymore. We have to move on. Technology is moving too fast. The new light coming into the planet is pushing the old issues. There's, there's these, these old stuck energies are coming forward right now. We're just at the tip of the iceberg here uh, of the things that are going to rapidly change on the planet. And you can't be fence sitters at this point. You can't sit on the fence. It's either take that dive and move on or get off the fence, go back to, to the other side for a while. You'll, you'll have another chance later on. It's here, my friends. It's absolutely here. And this is the time for doing exactly what you wanted to do, illumination. Let's take a good deep breath with that. I know it raises a lot of questions about about Hapuru, but I want you to remember it's a family fight. It's not, uh, there's no difference between the Palestinians and the Israelis. They're, and ultimately, yes, of all races and all cultures, but this is a key one. This is the key from long before there was ever a planet Earth or an order of the ark. It's an ancient and probably, not probably Caldera, it is the original battle. And it's being enacted right now on your planet at this time of rapid technological advances and everything else happening. Let's take a good deep breath and let's put on some music for our Marab of Hamsa. Hamsa, it's, it's a symbol. It looks kind of like a hand with three fingers together in the middle. It has ancient origins, yeah, long before either the, the Jews or the Muslims used it, although it's very prevalent in the Middle East right now. Again, no surprise that we'd be having that as our symbol for this series. It wasn't, we didn't just create this yesterday, but this is in works for weeks and weeks, long before the current tensions broke out. And in the origins of this, uh, there's a lot of s symbolism. When the hand is like this, it means I accept, I accept my light. I accept the awareness of my light. It means that you are realizing that you're a conscious being and that you don't have the strings of a puppet attached to you, that some other being or even maybe a <laughs> unknown soul is pulling and shifting. I accept the awareness of my light, my being. That simple. 
And then, when the hand is turned, I accept the wisdom of my darkness. And it's not really darkness after all. It's things that you haven't loved about yourself. It's your critical nature of yourself. It also represents the unknown. An unknown sometimes is filled with fear, but I accept the wisdom of my darkness because there is wisdom in there. Everything that you'll ever go through, whether it's on the angelic realms or here on earth, will eventually be transmuted into wisdom. Ultimately, there is no darkness. There cannot be. There can be eyes that are closed. There can be fear of the unknown, but ultimately no darkness. I accept the wisdom of my darkness. So from here, I accept the awareness of my light, the I exist, I am. I accept the wisdom of my darkness. And then a hand like this, palm up. I accept, I accept and receive my joys, my true nature, my, my joy of being in the human form. I accept that. So it's like this for the light, this for the dark, this for the receiving. Take a good deep breath. Let's do that together. Yeah, it's very simple, kind of symbolic, has ancient origins, but how appropriate right now. Uh, now you're not pushing back, you're accepting that light. Aware of your divine nature, where you came from, long before you took on human form, aware of your own Holy Spirit, your divinity. Take a good deep breath and feel into that. And yes, I, I would suggest you hold your hand up for maximum impact. I accept it. I, I receive. I'm aware of my light. I am that I am. Good deep breath and feel into that. It's pretty simple. You don't have to work at it, except if you're holding your hand up, it's a little bit of work, but it's pretty simple. And then I accept the wisdom of my darkness. That's a little tougher. Because here's oh, things you don't love about yourself, your mistakes, your fears, the fear that your darkness is stronger than your light. Now, 
It's things that haven't received the light yet, but when they do, they will go to wisdom. I accept the wisdom of my darkness. That's probably the toughest one. There's still a desire to look at yourself as being bad or having done terrible things, but it's simple. I accept the wisdom of my darkness, and kind of like catapulting yourself into the future when you finally get it, you know, and you realize there was never really a darkness. Or it's just the unknown and the judgments. And now here, the big important one, right here, right here. I accept my worthiness as a human. I accept my worthiness as a human, and therefore. I can accept the joy and the abundance. Doesn't mean every day is going to be perfect. That's still here on the planet. You still are surrounded by mass consciousness, but at least in your own reality of yourself, you can accept the joy. It's all right there. I'm actually getting a little irritated that. It's taking some of you so long to accept it uh, that you have resistance to it. Get over it now. I accept. I accept my worthiness. You're the only one that can do it. Uh, we can stand by you all day long, but. And that's flat out. That's not a compromise or a negotiation, or it's not acceptance by degree. It is acceptance of your worthiness. Shumber, you've come a long way with allowing abundance without feeling that, God, that old perpetual guilt and suffering. But you're still hesitating. It's time right now. I accept that I am worthy. That's it. And then what happens with Hamsa is that you get into this flow. Hard to define, hard to explain to others, but suddenly you're in your own flow. And again, ultimately the meaning of Hamsa is I don't need to make all these old human decisions. I don't need to plot and plan out everything in my life. I, I don't have to dress up in my suit of armor every morning and go out into the world. I, I don't have to worry about where things come from, how they get to me. I don't have to go out hunting every day for a basket full of energy. I don't have to worry about my physical body. I know I'll die one day, but not in the not in the old diseasey kind of way. Atamsa, pure grace, pure grace. Now you're in the flow. 
things will come along, yes, absolutely. Bad days, uh, but they're not your bad days anymore. You're just in the middle of everybody else's bad day. Whether it's traffic or whatever it happens to be, or bad news, or just the gravity of mass consciousness, but you're still in your flow. You have the compassion to recognize what's going on around you with other people. You have the awareness to understand that they are where they're choosing to be, and that it's not up to you to intervene, lest they ask you for help. But now you're in this, well, it's magic, it's a flow, it's physics. The physics of energy now, like that, serving you. It, it actually is pure physics. <laughs> it's, it is light, your light. Now, coming to you without all the filters and without all the limitations, it's your pure light. Coming to you, to you and then you letting it back throughout, back to yourself and back out to all of creation. Two things right now while you're on the planet to illuminate and to enjoy your life. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. It's a basic energy design. Let's take a deep breath together as we begin our illumination series. There's a lot happening on the planet, and it's not yours. But I would love for you to shine your light on it. What happens here also is as you really start to get it, as you let that light illuminate, there becomes such a passion. Many of you are used to passion being associated with doing something or accomplishing something, you know, whether it's a hobby or building something or whatever. This is a different type of passion. Passion of simply being here, being in such a safe space, being in this very dense gravity of life, and letting that light of your soul be here and then illuminating out. That's perhaps the greatest feeling of all. It's freedom. I can shine my light. I am light and I can shine it. That's incredible freedom. Let's take a deep breath for everything that's happening on the planet right now. Things are certainly getting disrupted and things are shaking, rattling. Everything is moving. With what's happening in the Middle East, it's been a long time coming. And yes, I know it causes you to say, what's wrong with humanity and why the battles and why this, and maybe feeling sorry for one side or the other. It's an old battle. 
if I was on Earth right now as a human, oh, how I would love to just shine my light. I would open up wide open and just blast it with light. I mean, not with an agenda, not trying to do anything, but I would say this is such an incredible time and an opportunity right now to go beyond this ancient, ancient issue of Hapuru. Frankly, I'm tired of them. I really am. Fortunately, the spiritual families are disbanded, but they seem to still have some glue <laughs> to them. I'm getting really tired of it, and I know in the new light it simply won't be allowed. Not these games, not this power, not this control. And I'm tired of the God battles on the planet. I'm really tired of them. And the wars you're seeing right now, they're at the very ground zero of the religious control, the ground, the God, ba the God battles that are taking place. Let's shine our light today, right now. Let's shine the light. Again, not taking sides. Let's have Let's have things evolve. So how do you bring resolution even to your own issues that seem to have been haunting you for a long time, things you've been battling? How do you bring that resolution? First, it's about being aware of what's really happening. In this case, the ancient families of Hapuru their history, what's happening. It's, it's not about just the past 50 years or whatever. It goes way, way back. It's about being aware of that. And then it's about releasing the duality, one God against the other, one human culture and religion against the other. It's about re releasing that, the duality, because duality is what creates gravity. Gravity is what holds things together. When we have an ancient issue that goes back this far, the gravity is intense. The gravity within your own issues in your own life, the battling back and forth, the aspects, the past lives, the, the questioning and the doubting, the human versus divine, the human versus human. It's all held together by gravity. Light overcomes gravity. There's not even an issue. It's not even, it's not even a, a challenge. Light just flat overcomes gravity. It opens things up. It lets things free. Whether it's the battles within yourself, the ancient battles, the new battles, they're held in place by gravity. And the more you fight it, the more the gravity intensifies, and you bring in some light, and that gravity goes away. Gravity is just something that you could say solidifies a story. I mean, it gives the story a base on which to have its story. 
in this case, we have a huge story going back a long way, and both within you and within Hapuru. So we let the light shine. The gravity, it will resist, but it will go. Could you imagine the psychic, religious, mental, and physical gravity of Jerusalem? Suddenly dissipating. They're, they don't have anything to cling on to anymore. They can't hold on. They can't. There's nothing to fight. It goes away. It dissolves away. And many of them are left wondering, what, what are we going to do now? What, what just happened here? Who am I going to fight now? But, you know, it's hard to fight when there's no gravity holding it together. The new light, it brings a new type of gravity, one that's not, doesn't have the denseness. We're going to talk about it in Kihak in our workshops and eventually in the shouts. The new light doesn't solidify gravity. It doesn't smash it into place. The gravity is free-flowing and it's creative gravity. Creative gravity. And when you shine your light, when you illuminate and it goes out for all to behold. It goes out to this place in the Middle East right now that's filled with so much conflict. It breaks up the old gravity. And it brings in the new creative gravity. Very, very different. Creative gravity won't allow this kind of fighting. History is changing before your very eyes. In these days right now, we're in a history that goes back far, 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 far before Earth was ever created into the angelic families, into Hapuru. It was time for this to end. Let's take a deep breath, dear Shambra. Let's take a deep breath into the acceptance of your light acceptance of the wisdom of what you would call darkness. And that very darkness is gravity that's moving, shifting into creative gravity. Creative gravity doesn't have any darkness. It doesn't blind anything like the old gravity did. And then into receiving. Your worthiness into receiving. Don't just do the first two. You are worthy of receiving. The more you receive, the more light you illuminate. With that, dear Shambra, let's take a good deep breath together. I would like to let the music play out in this shout. I'll be stepping out here in just a moment. I'd like you to spend a little, little moment here with yourself. Two things, illumination and your joy in life. With that, on behalf of all of the rejoicing angels, oh, you don't know what this means to them. Uh, this Hapuru thing has been too long, and they see an end to it. And they are rejoicing for all those 
who are ready to illuminate. With that, I am Adamus of St. Germain. Thank you.
If you awaken from this illusion and you understand that black implies white, self implies other, life implies death, or shall I say, death implies life, you can feel yourself not as a stranger in the world, not as something here on probation, not as something that has arrived here by fluke, but you can begin to feel your own existence as absolutely fundamental. I'm not trying to sell you on this idea in the sense of converting you to it. I want you to play with it. I want you to think of its possibilities. I'm not trying to prove it. I'm just putting it forward as a possibility of life to think about. So then, let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. Or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control where something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? And then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today. That would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have, of playing that you weren't God. Because the whole nature of the Godhead, according to this idea, is to play that he's not. So in this idea then, everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality. Not God in a politically kingly sense, but God in the sense of being the self, the deep down basic whatever there is. And you're all that, only you're pretending you're not.